Your call cannot be completed as dialed. What? Please check the number and dial That was me on a first attempt at calling Aaron O'Donnell just a couple of years ago. I guess it was back in 2017, three years ago. I can't believe that. I'm going to share that conversation I had with Aaron O'Donnell and tell you a little bit more about who she is, if that name is not familiar to you, on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I'm Jerry Williams. But before we get to that, let's share this week's good news. Now, this one might stir up a little controversy. Horses like people. Well, that that's not controversial. If, if you've ever met a horse, you know they like people. The thing is, according to a study out of Sweden, they just don't like any one person in particular. Unlike dogs who tend to have favorite people, even if your dog loves the whole family, you know there's that one person that they, they kind of favor. Not so much with horses. They do better around people. Horses, they, they seem more calm and relaxed. And when a person is absent from the scene, I don't know how they test this without a person being there, but the horse's blood pressure goes up. The heart rate increases. They get a little jittery. They're nervous. They don't like it. They want a people around. They don't care which people, just as long as it's a person. No preference, according to the study. Now, I know horse people are going to disagree. My horse, I'm his favorite person. I know you're saying that to yourself right now. Another animal story. We got three animal stories to kick off the, the good news this week. Eric the parrot is now a lifesaver. He saved Anton's life. Anton, the owner of the parrot, was sleeping when a fire broke out in his home. The smoke detector hadn't gone off yet. But Eric the parrot hopped into action, started yelling, Anton, 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 repeatedly and annoyingly as parents parrots are wont to do but he woke up anton who with eric was able to escape unharmed and rabbit hash kentucky has elected a new mayor wilbur beast wilbur is a french bulldog the mayoral election in rabbit hash kentucky is a fundraiser for the town's historical society every dollar given counts as a vote they were able to count those a lot faster than nevada has counted I'm recording this on a Friday, on on Friday, the 6th of November, which is what, four days after the election? And at the time of my recording, Nevada has still not finished. How many people live in Nevada? How many of those people voted that it's taken them this long to count the votes? We may know by the time you're listening to this podcast. I don't know. But at the time that I'm recording it, we have no clue. You know, it's been almost 10 years since McDonald's offered the McRib, but it is making a comeback nationwide beginning December 2nd. And for McRib fans, that is hugely good news. And a little selfless or, or shameless self-promotion here. I have actually narrated an audiobook. I'm looking into doing this. I'm starting out. And my first one is now available. It's called The Haunting of Monview Speedway by Carrie Bates. And in the show notes of this episode, I will put a link to that book, The Haunting of Monview Speedway by Carrie Bates, narrated by Jerry Williams on audiobooks. Uh, is it audible? That's it, audible. I got to get with this program. Now for this week's honeybee story, Ray Sola is a beekeeper in East Haven, Connecticut. He has about 100 hives, and he often goes out to schools and other groups to talk about honeybees. Well, a few years back, he did a talk at the Whispering Pines Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. But two years ago, the nursing home got a new owner who asked Ray if he would consider keeping a beehive at the nursing home. Well, Ray was thrilled. Yeah, I'll do that. 
This year, the honeybees at the nursing home yielded 42 pounds of honey, and the nursing home will keep some for their own use, and the rest will be sold with the proceeds benefiting a local food bank. A few years back on my daily radio show on the Joy FM Georgia, I was doing a feature called Throwback Thursday, where I would feature a song from well, at least 10 years, if not older than that, and talk a little bit about the artist and do a blog post and share some stories about the artist, especially if I knew them. And one of the artists that I featured back in 2017 was a young lady named Erin O'Donnell. Erin did like six projects. She was very big from the mid-90s to the very early part of the 2000s. I had a chance to meet her on several occasions. She actually was in Georgia, did a brown bag lunch for us at a, at a shopping mall, and that's how I got to meet her. I thought about her as, as a subject for this Throwback Thursday feature. So I wonder where she is, how I can find her. So I Googled her, as you do when you're looking for somebody, and lo and behold, there was her new business. She's an interior design person now, and a phone number. So I called her up and she said, sure, I'd love to do an interview with you for on the air. So I'm going to share that with you now. It is from September the 28th of 2017. And the reason that Aaron decided to leave music was because of her family. And I share that conversation with Aaron O'Donnell with you now. Hello, this is Aaron. Aaron, hi, Jerry Williams. How are you? Hey, Jerry. Good morning. I really appreciate you doing this. <laughs> oh, no problem, no problem. Of course, my kids and my husband got a huge kick out of it when I told them last night. Oh, well, good, 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 good. <laughs> now, how old are your kids? How old is your oldest? Oh, my goodness, she is 17. She's oh. a senior in high school. Golly. She was born in 2000. Oh, I can't even believe it. How is that even possible? I know, and yet you and I are the same age. I know. Never age. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it is. It is. So, so now you did a couple of records after she was born. Then I did. You know what? We have three, and I played my last show when Brennan, our son, who's nine, um, when he was about six months old. So, Golly. yep, yep. So, so they really have no clue of what a big deal you are. <laughs> That gives you a little bit of balance and perspective, I guess. But you are pretty big. I got to tell you, um, when I when I finally got a hold of you, I said, "This is amazing! I can't believe she's actually answering the phone." <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Well, they get a kiss out of it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, do do they do they listen to your music? Have they heard it? Um, yes, they have heard it. They, um, they do. I think they, they like the Christmas record as one of their favorites, but yeah, they just think it's really funny. And of course, when they look at the pictures, they just go, you and daddy were so young, <laughs> you know, like all kids. We don't even seem like we're the same people. <laughs> oh. And then after they get up off the floor, what do they, no, I'm just, because <laughs> when they, when my kids say that, of course, I've got a, I've got grandkids that are Almost as old as your daughter. She, my oldest is 13. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. I know, isn't they, it? They don't even think we had lives before them, That's which right. is in a way true. But 
That's true. I can't remember much of life before the grandkids started coming. Right. Oh, man. So let me ask you this. How difficult a decision was this for you to sort of step away? I mean, you were like, and I don't mean to overdo this, but you were, I mean, you were really moving along with your career. You you had a lot of hit songs. You were touring. How difficult a decision was it to just step away from all that for family? Well, you know, it wasn't... um the easiest thing, but it got to the point where I was either taking my mom or Brad's mom on the road, or one of them was coming to the house to help because Brad started working, I think at our second, I'm trying to think if it was during the second record, he got a job at a record company. Uh, he started out at Word and and his career started taking off. He started doing A&R. So he was working all week. And then most weekends I was traveling or I was traveling for several weeks at a time. And so we didn't see each other a lot, and that was a bummer. <laughs> and then, of course, when the kids came along, that just complicated things more. And as Quinn, our first got to be close to five and around school age, one of my favorite memories of growing up was coming in from school in the afternoons and sitting and having a snack with my mom and getting to tell her all about my day. And, of course, being a chatty girl, I would tell her all about my day. And that would be, you know, a great 45-minute conversation about the highlights of first grade and second grade and all the way through high school. And I really, really wanted that with my kids. So when she was about to be in kindergarten and Brennan was, uh, we knew he was coming, the third one, it just kind of made that decision sort of eminent for me. I knew it would come and, and Brad was doing great in his career and you know at the time I felt sort of a loss of that little creative thing that was mine that little outlet Um, but I feel like God really took that and blessed it in ways that I never could have thought possible at the time I lead worship at church doing that this Sunday which I enjoy so much more than I ever thought that I would and I also um, in during the year since went back to school and studied interior design and now I serve clients and um, designing their homes and how fun is that and I get to be home when the bus comes home so it's it's really the best of both worlds and he's blessed me in ways I never could have imagined because of being faithful to that that tug on my heart but that's a decision that I think that I, I got to respect uh, for you for doing that and doing what was right that I think is would be difficult for a lot of people and a lot of people I think when they get to the end of their life and they look back and they didn't make that decision, often regret it, I think, that they missed out on so much that you're getting to enjoy right now. Oh, yeah. And it's those things, I mean, now that we're in the, the phase of one is about to leave the nest and go to college, um, you're able to see just the beginnings of the fruits of that and what a blessing that is because, you know, you can't get that time back and you see how God used those those conversations and those moments and really time, which is an investment that you can't really quantify when you're doing it, when you're in it, but it's one of those things you, you can't do over, you know? So it's, it's a, I know it was the right decision, and like I said, there's things that have happened um, in my life, even career-wise, that I get to enjoy now that probably wouldn't have been possible if I had just kind of closed that door. Aside from leading worship at church, are you doing anything else with music? Do you write? Do you just pick up the guitar once in a while or sit down at the piano and and just play or come up with something? Sometimes I will, you know, just for fun. And at first, when I first kind of got off the road, um, I would sing for producer friends. I'd do backgrounds or their demos or whatever. But what's been a real joy is our oldest, who's going to be studying music in college, 
loves music and really got the bug, you know, from her mom and dad. And so she now leads worship with me, and we get to go see her play. And so she loves to write songs, and so we get to collaborate with her. And that's just such a surprise and so much fun. Just something I never would have imagined I'd get to enjoy. So that's been awesome. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, I again, applaud your decision, but I'm so thankful that at least we have the was six projects that you right. uh, that you finished, uh, and I, t- I I went back and I was listening to a scrapbook of sorts, and that stuff is just so good. It still <laughs> it still really holds up well. Oh, you're sweet. It was so much fun. I mean, that season of life was just so much fun, and we learned you know things that we never would have learned otherwise, just about ourselves, about each other. Um, it was an amazing way to start our marriage to think that Brad and I were together 24-7, really for the first six years of our marriage, just traveling together, riding, and getting to do all that. And it was just such a neat, unexpected blessing. You know, I think when we told our parents we wanted to study music in college, and we both have degrees in jazz, which, of course, all the job opportunities would follow, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then you think about, you know, a few months after we graduated, we were telling them we were going to move to Nashville. I'd never even been to Nashville uh, because of this guy that we met on the internet who was going to start a record label, and they were just thinking, you kids are nuts, <laughs> and it all worked out. <laughs> it is amazing. It is amazing. It is. It is. Was there anything I didn't ask you about that you would like to say? Let's see. I don't know. I think that kind of covers it. I mean, now I, I get to, um, I feel like I'm still part of the industry in a way because uh, Brad has continued in his job and now is a, senior VP over at Capitol. So he works with Chris Tomlin and David Crowder and uh, a rapper named NF. And um, gosh, a lot of artists you would name, he probably has worked with them and gets to make their records. So I feel like I get to support the industry and we get to go to a lot of concerts. And uh, sometimes I get to work with those artists on their houses. So it's, it's a great family and I still get to be a part of it, which is awesome. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Aaron, thank you so much. We are, I, I appreciate it. And just appreciate you taking the call out of the blue from some goober in Atlanta who's claimed to know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you said Lonestone, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. I remember that. It's a question as old as the human race. Why does God allow? You fill in the blank for the evil of the day. We hear that question quite often today, or some variation of it, often stated as an excuse for not believing. It seems that those who ask it aren't really looking for an answer. If they were, it would be relatively simple to find. You yourself have probably heard some variation of that question. Why does God allow bad things to happen? You may have asked it yourself, and it's, it's okay. Really, it is. God can handle that question. The real question is, can you handle the answer? The question is often asked with a more specific bad thing. God has supposedly allowed. How can God allow abortion, war, famine, slavery, racism, anything? Sometimes it's proposed something like, how can a loving God allow? Or perhaps more honestly, if there is a God, how can he allow? I think some people ask that question again, more of an excuse for not believing or not following God than as an honest inquiry into deeper theological issues surrounding good and evil in the world. The question's not new, and the answer 
nearly every time, as far as I can tell, is pretty much the same. Way back in the Old Testament, Gideon asked a variation of that question. Gideon lived in the time between the conquest of the promised land and the establishment of the kingdom of Israel. And during that time, God appointed judges to lead the people. There were 12 in all, as recorded in the Old Testament book of Judges. Each new judge would come onto the scene in response to a crisis that fell upon the people because the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And that, in short, is still the reason bad things happen today. After the judge Deborah had defeated the Canaanites, the land was undisturbed for 40 years. But then again, the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and God allowed Midian to prevail against Israel for seven years. Then the sons of Israel cried to the Lord on account of Midian, and God heard and answered their cry by calling Gideon. God sent an angel to Gideon, who greeted the young man by saying, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And Gideon's response was to ask that question we've been talking about. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? The Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Then the Lord looked at Gideon and gave him that answer I warned you about earlier. Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. When we bring a problem to God ask why something is as it is, he might just tell us to fix it. Well, Gideon started to hem and haw. Well, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian. The cause of much of what we see is wrong in the world is our own doing or at least the doing of humankind. The solution to what we see is wrong in the world is also ours, with God's help. Gideon would go on to defeat the Midianites, though there's much more we can learn from his story. And once again, the land was undisturbed for 40 years. But as soon as Gideon died, the sons of Israel were once again about the business of evil. But that is a story for another time. That is going to do it for another episode of Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your day today. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if your platform allows, give us a five-star rating, a review. All that helps other people find the podcast. Uh, in the show notes of this podcast, I will have a link for you to the audible version of the first audiobook that I have narrated, The Haunting of Monview Speedway. In case you're interested in that, you can listen to a, a little preview of it as well. Hopefully, by the time I sit down to record the next episode of this podcast, we'll know who the president is going to be in 2021. As I said before, I'm recording this on Friday the Friday after the Tuesday of election day. You know, I remember when we used to go to bed on election night, wake up in the morning and know who the president was going to be. Oh, come on, Nevada, get those votes counted. Anyway, they, they may have counted them by the time you're hearing this, in which case, yeah, well, we'll talk about that on the next episode of Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. 